In this episode of the Broken to Smoking podcast, we continue with part two of our interview with Joshua Petrosini. Mark and Joshua pick up their conversation on project management. Go check out episode 050 if you missed the first part of this interview. Super interesting, man. I so getting back to project management. So. A little diversion there, or getting back to predictably irrational. Yeah, right. Well, we haven't even gotten. We'll that hit that yet. in a minute. Started there. there, yeah. We'll hit that in a minute. Um, I want to ask you about like what are you looking for in a project manager when when somebody and again, I just I think that all business businesses that I deal with mm-hmm. as a client, they are not doing the work of the business. They have people doing the work of the business. Okay. And so they are naturally need to be project managers, the operators of this business. Mm-hmm. And they're, but they're managing different kinds of projects. And a lot of times the projects are really more intangible than the work that the business does. Like, hey, we're going to sell you this gear, install it, make sure it works, yep. and then get paid. Their kind of projects are more like, oh, we're going to figure out how to market ourselves to the market better. Oh, we're going to figure out how to attract people to our culture. Okay, how are we going to do that? We got a plan. Uh, Now let's, you know, execute, you know, let's let's initiate, plan it, execute it, monitor, close it. Did we do it? You know, they don't know how to do that. Well, they're good at many elements of the business. That's what got them to where they are. But they don't know how to transfer that project management chops to the leadership team to being a member of the leadership team. So anyway, you're looking for project manager. And uh, so what are, you, what are you eyeballing? Or what are you kind of like, ooh, there's a good one. Uh, what are they saying? What are they showing that makes you say, yeah, you're going to be a great project manager? Yeah, are they organized? Yeah. Are they process-oriented? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for us... How do you know? How, how can you tell? How do you know if they're process-oriented? Yeah. Well, I mean, through this series of questions, like you're asking them through an interview... Um, if I'm asking them specifically, I have a project management interview type mm-hmm. type questionnaire. We're mm-hmm. asking, dude. So here, here, here's the thing, man. First and foremost, though, project manager or not, like, are they core value driven? Do they yeah, like yeah. people? Sure. You know, do they enjoy? Like, we want core value driven people. Mm-hmm. We want we want folks who actually enjoy doing what they're doing and who are hungry and yeah. who like people but also who are thinking in a certain way. I mean, like you can kind of tell in a conversation, I've got like specific questions. Again, I'll, I'll forward those over to you um, to understand. I mean, like if we're, if we're in an interview for an engineer, we're asking them technical questions. Mm-hmm. If we're in an interview for a project manager, but how are, how are they handling stress? Yeah. How are they handling conflict? Uh, what, what makes them tick? Like what sort of organizational, um, processes or habits do they have in place right now like what what are they learning what are they yeah. what are they paying attention to what are the things they're they're excited about um <clears throat> and you can kind of i mean like again i don't like to be so on the nose i i want to have a conversation with these people because it's humans you know i almost wish like we'd rethink the way the world does interviews yeah, I actually, yeah, Roger that. I actually, you know, I actually yeah. said it to Brandon and, and Jody, like on the last couple of interviews, I was like, you know, what we should do, man, when, when it comes time to bring him into Brandon and I, we should just go play some darts yeah. or we should just go like golf or like play uh disc golf or something. I just yeah. want to get to know who this human is mm-hmm. and 
how they have conversations and how they ask. Yeah, it's you know, big. how they ask. It, are they asking questions? Have you? I mean, have you ever? Have you ever been in a relationship with someone who never asks a question? Yeah, it's weird. Well, I mean, it's hard, it's a weird relationship. It's a weird. Yeah, it's weird. They just like to talk all the time. They never ask a question. They're not interested. They just want to be heard. Um, and there's a lot to be said in just an interaction like that. So, um, yeah, for project management specifically, you got to be an organized dude. You got to be thinking, and very quickly you can tell. I uh, I had an internal project come up <clears throat> yesterday. I brought a project manager in, and I'm already thinking about these things, but he's asking from all sides. Hmm. So is he wondering on behalf of, do you have the ability to deploy empathy and and sit in a different seat and start to think about well, what about what about from the end user's perspective? What about this? What ha- was to ha- what has to happen from the engineering perspective? What has to happen from a communication? How do we communicate this thing out to our clients or our internal people if this change is going to be made? They're thinking about things that maybe other people aren't thinking about. They're thinking about risk. They're thinking about timeline. They're thinking from the end back, right? So you, you kind of get a little bit of that through conversation, but you can ask if you want to, if it's part of your interview process, you can ask very specific questions about when's the best time that you did a such and such. Or yeah, right. Tell me about a time that you right. were over able to overcome a right, right, right. shenanigan. <laughs> yeah, right, the, the standard. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yep. I mean, and all those are exist. They they all exist, and they all serve a certain purpose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what are you looking for? What 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 is the heartbeat of that organization? Who do they who do they want to bring on? What's important to them? First recognizing, and I think that's a big part of this book too, is understanding your weaknesses and your limitations. And so if they're bringing on someone, like you talked about that assessment, that you have to have six different kinds mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the assessment, but they're probably different things mm-hmm. that if you have all six, it's a very well-rounded mm-hmm. team, right? So <clears throat> that your client or your team who's looking for a project manager, uh, what are the things they don't currently have or that they suck at? Yeah. Use your define the opposite. Yeah. To say, all right, well, who do we want then? What kind of individual do we want? How do we want them to think? How do we want to, like, we need to, we need to honor that skill set. Yeah. Cause it's a different skill set. Like there, there are sales guys who crush it at sales and there's our operations team who wouldn't want to have anything to do with sales. And it, it's like the hand and the foot and the eye. Like we want a team made up of different parts that have different functions and also honor those things. Because we don't want a bunch of hands. We got, a, we got enough hands. Right. We want some eyeballs to tell us where we're going, to look out for these things. Right. We want a nervous system. Yeah. We want some feet to take us where yeah, we're yeah. going. And so are we going to be able to honor that that guy thinks differently than me? He's got a skill set differently than me. He's got experience. What is your experience? Tell me about some of the best projects. Why did they go well? Mm-hmm. What made them go well? Yeah. So tell me some about the, some of the shittiest projects you've ever done. Why were they shitty? What happened? Yeah. What kind of gotchas did you step into? Uh, tell us about your your intake process. Tell us about your initiation process. What kind of yeah. team were you working with? I mean, there's yeah. I mean, a, that's all good stuff. You know, it's so interesting that. You don't, I mean, you have a ton of, you have a, 
ton of questions. Uh, well, and I'll poke at a at a client I'm like, all right, so you're you got a candidate? Well, they'll say, yeah, we've got a candidate. We're interviewing for I don't know whatever VP of something. Like, yeah, what are you asking them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you asking? I'll, I'll poke right at that. Well, you know, we're asking them stuff <laughs> and you got like this list i love it and i'm yeah. like guys yeah how many times have you hired folks oh dozens and dozens and you don't have a list of questions yeah, yeah. come on yeah what's important to you that's right what do you want to know yeah what's important for you to like what when i'm done so so one of the questions i i ask at the very end of all my interviews i say imagine yourself close your eyes I say close your eyes <laughs> imagine you're you're driving home and you're calling your, your wife or your spouse and you're telling her how the interview went. And you're like, damn, I wish I would have said X. Mm. I wish I would have asked yeah. X. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to give you a second. Try to think about what that thing is. What do you want to know or what do you wish we knew mm. that you didn't say yet or we didn't ask about? Mm. And that's kind of a cool one. Yeah. Because it's like, you, you know, every one of us as humans are driving home and you're like, damn, Every time. Mm -hmm. I wish they would have known that. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have asked them this question. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a fun one for right. me. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, also, what do you want? What do you want to be when you're eight? That's a good one. Yeah. Like when you're eight years old, like what do you want to be? Uh, Brandon likes to ask like who their hero is. Mm. Like, you know, like who, who do they look up to in life? Who, do, who, are, they, who are they excited about? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like is it their dad? Is it their grandpa? Is it some mentor? Like what, what's their relationships like? Yeah, yeah. How do they, how do they navigate through difficulties in in their journey? Mm. Who are they? Jody always asks, like you could put on the movie producer hat, tell Brandon and Joshua about who such and such is, mm -hmm. and they'll he'll give them the opportunity to like here's my story. And most guys start out with their resume, right. or like I worked at this place, and and we're like, nah, man, what do you enjoy doing in life? Yeah, what do you who are you? Like I don't want to just late like in this predictably irrational, especially like we all are influenced by certain things. My friend told me about 10 or 15 years ago, he said he hates the question when you meet someone at a party, Hey, what do you do? Right. Cause all of a sudden I've got preconceived notions about that thing. Oh, you're a doctor. Oh, you're rich and you're this, or, Oh, you're a plumber. You're, oh, you must be that. And I was like, what? so he's changed it to what do you enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. And that's a much, in my opinion, it's a much better question. Yeah. Cause then I'm asking the person like, I want to get to know, like, what do you, what are you interested in? Who are you? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are your likes and dislikes? And I mean, that's a better question at a party rather than what do you do? Yeah. It's interesting about what you do for a living if you enjoy doing it. But if you're just like punching the clock, eh, yeah. and it only tells me so much. And then I've already got preconceived judgments on you. Right. You know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> You know, it's hard to uh, unearth the some big truths about folks in interviews, and uh, and it's the big truths about folks that make or break the team, and make or break you know whether we're doing a good job and if our business is doing well yeah. and all that. Right, right, right. And uh, we've been talking about assessments in the last bunch of episodes, like what six or seven yeah. episodes. Bunch, yeah. All kinds of assessments. We've covered Colby. We've covered a little bit of Strengths Finder, culture, yes. uh, culture index, um, predictive index. We haven't done that one yet. Enneagram. Enneagram. Oh right. yeah, yeah. We should get Sonia Weiland on here and talk about predictive index. Have you? Are you familiar with predictive? I am. Yeah. Tell me about it. What do you like about it? Well, I've I've 
uh, only taken it one time. It was a couple years ago, and I think it's I think it's interesting. I was talking to Jody about that, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, one of the things we're we're short on in our interview process is identifying because I have a love hate relationship with all these assessments. Yeah, yeah. Mark. Sure. So, like, there's been seasons of my life where I poured everything into them, mm-hmm. and there's been seasons where I'm like, dude, I, I, yeah. I don't care about that. But they all say something different about you. The predictive index, when I took it, it was probably four or five years ago. What I found interesting was my friend who gave me the the readout of what happened. He's like, well, the good news is you are who you say you are. Mm. Like when you're answering these yeah. questions, like in your personal life or in your work life, you are who you say yeah. you are. And if it's a huge contrast, right. it means – something's going on in your life in this season mm-hmm. or like you're kind of a double-minded person. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it's like, all right, so it's predicting how I'm going to um, do in this role or with this company. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd love to dig into it. And I, I actually, that was one of the, mm-hmm. the two or three that I, that Jody and I suggested that yeah. like we should probably implement into our, our system because it, it, or even for existing employees, like yeah. it, it's probably valuable just to, are you who you, who you say you are? Are you the same guy at work that you are at home? Um, mm-hmm. Is there a vast contrast? Are you in a season of something? And I think there's, they all have value, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been thinking about this for 10 years. I, I want to create like a matrix. Yeah. Like, I want to create my own thing. I don't know how to do it. Where you plug in yeah. all the sure. assessments, yeah, yeah, and then really figure out like, oh, this is the printout, of, yeah, yeah, because there's Gallup, there's Enneagram, sure. and they all give you a different really, shots, yeah, yeah, Myers Briggs and Disc, sure. and there's the, and it hits it from different angles, mm-hmm. yeah, and depending on like what you're looking for, I think from a hiring standpoint, though, the predictive index, at least from what I remember, feels like a pretty yeah. good tool. Culture index is, is uh, I think, if I understand the history of culture index, um, it's kind of an, uh, an outgrowth. It's an evolution past predictive index. I think I think the, the folks that developed culture index um, kind of took where predictive index ended and they went from there, Okay, if I understand it right. And... It's kind of like uh, from a hiring, managing, developing folks. It's kind of like the Cadillac of. Uh, it's it's pretty hefty to get into it uh, for, as a team, uh, and you got to hire a pro to help you walk through it. And we interviewed David Quick, who's a mm-hmm. who's a great uh, predictive index or a culture index guy, among other things. But um, but I like it does that kind of who you say you are yeah. or who you, who you wish you were yeah. when you're, you know, that, that gap between In different scenarios. Yeah. And it's very practical. Uh, Colby, I love Colby. I think Colby would be a fabulous addition to what you guys are doing. Um, and it's uh, fairly accessible to get into. And it's basically measuring, assessing a part of you that the other tests don't really do that good of a job. The other assessments, uh, the conative part, which is kind of how you execute, um, or how you kind of take information and, and, and produce okay. with it. Um, and the other ones dabble in that or touch it. Uh, but this just focuses on that. Uh, and it, and it, it's a great, yeah, it's a great kind of, uh, 
paints the other side of the picture. Uh, I don't know, whatever metaphor I'm using here, but mixing metaphors paints the other side of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it reveals so, but you know what? None of these the do. Side? Yeah, and 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 Lencioni talks about this. When I saw him uh, in 2020 at a uh, conference, and he talked about interviewing. And it, at that point, he was working on uh, Ideal Team Player, which is hung- hungry, humble, smart, uh, fabulous. Um, it's a fabulous little modality okay. uh, for character, if you will. Dude, you should talk to Jer too. Yeah. Like, not just from the Gallup side. I mean, everyone yeah. knows the Gallup Strength Finders, mm-hmm. but there's like three or four other assessments that they're doing for mm-hmm. the team that take a way deeper dive yeah. into all that stuff. Well, there's that builder profile. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've done a little bit mm-hmm. with that one. I, I like that one. I know there's a few others. I'm just not familiar with them. But what they don't, I kind of was the other day after uh, working with a client, I was like, you know, these these things don't really show some really important elements yeah. like work ethic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't really yeah. say, all right, so like grit, you know, your ability to hang in there and grind uh, and just and just stick it out. Yeah. You know, uh, where you know talents okay. That's important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at Billy Bean and, and Moneyball, you yeah. know, his story, he was super talented. Yes, he was. But it didn't, and it just didn't, it didn't mean he was going to succeed, you know, and there are some other elements. Yeah, budgetary. Sure. Well. And that and, was a huge one. Well, and then, and then you know, from his specific vantage point as a, as a five-tool player, you know, he should have been a superstar in the major league and he just yeah. kind of fizzled. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about him as a player. Yeah. Him as a player. That's yeah. right. Uh, so anyway, work ethic. Um, another one, it doesn't measure character. You know, it doesn't measure like, you know, oh. your, your value system. Dude, that's what this gets into. Yeah. 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 Like towards the end, it gets into character. Yeah. Also, uh, these, these assessments don't measure chemistry. It's nope. really hard to predict. I like talking about bands in this way. I said, man, if you took, you know, the singer out of this band yeah. and the singer from what this happens? other band and stick them in there, you know, they're all pros. They're all super experienced. They've been around the block for a long, long time. You know, like uh, Paul Rogers from uh, 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 Bad Company. Okay. You know, came and sang with Queen. And he, you know, h- how would you take Freddie Mercury and replace him with Paul Rogers, both incredible singers. But is that queen now that you got Paul Rogers in there singing for with, you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. a different, it's or a Jer- different mix. Or, or the singer from Journey. Right. That's right. Yeah. I think one of the most fascinating ones is, um, John Mayer mm. as a part yeah, of yeah, with the, the dead. Grateful Dead. Yeah. It was so, so like strange. that one's real weird because yeah. that guy's a generation, yeah. maybe two behind yeah. where those guys sure. are. And that's 50 years of, it's not just studio album. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a movement. They open up their mind and they're yeah. riffing for 45. They might go off on a 45 minute tangent in any given song. Yeah. And that's 50 years worth of chemistry right. that this dude just stepped into. Yeah. And you can't just kind of like put probes on them and uh, say, how do you do that? Go? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How That's do you right. do that? That's right. Another one is, uh, you know, how are they going to work under pressure? Like when, when the pressure and the intensity goes yes. way up, <clears throat> you know, you, yeah. so you take a scratch golfer, let's yeah. say. Okay. So they're out playing in a country club and there's, you know, scoring 70, 71, 72. 
But you put them in a money situation, you put them on a tour, you put them in a like pressure situation beyond just, you know, playing with friends or playing, you know, kind of in a local mm -hmm. tournament, it all changes, you know, and that that's a different deal. And it's the same game, same, same stuff. But what changes is, is, uh, some of that internal, internal stuff. And it's really hard to figure that out. Yeah. And in a business, you know, uh, you have a lot of those situations come up. Yeah, you do. And all of a sudden, all of the fa past history, all your, I'm certified in this, I'm certified. Yep. That's all out the window. Doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. It's a whole different group of people. That's right. And so in an interview process, it's kind of important to be able to figure some of that crap out. Yeah, it you know is. What I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, Lencioni was talking about interviewing at this, uh, the UnConference. It was okay. called. It's 2020. It was actually like the week before COVID or COVID was ramping up and where everybody's like, are we going to this thing or not? You know, and that's where I met uh, Alan Mulally too. Fabulous, interesting story, interesting guy. But um, he had, his wife was running a significant nonprofit and his wife like, hey, can you help me interview this guy or yeah. gal? I don't, I don't yep. remember who, who it was, but. Uh, he was under the gun timing wise. He's constantly running around. And so he asked this person to travel with him to the East coast there. in I think San Francisco or something like that, somewhere on the West coast. And they traveled to the East coast cause he had a bunch of things he had to do. And he took this person with him. And as trips sometimes go, the flights fell apart, you know, hotels and, and running, you know, red eye stuff and um and basically this person's character like popped out really uh strongly and he got back he's like don't hire this person their their resume looks great yeah you know but paper never would have seen these other things yeah. if you didn't do this right. weird interview right right you right, right uh you know go and volunteer uh go and feed the feed the poor yeah. go and serve in a soup kitchen go and do some sort of weird civic project or off axis thing you know, to your point, you know, to find out what they're made of a little bit, you know, put them, put them, you know, knock yeah, them off them their game a little bit. I, man, there's a real cool opportunity, mm -hmm. I think, in the industry to figure out a way, if someone could figure out a way to, mm -hmm. to come up with some yeah. innovative <clears throat> platform to yeah. do that. But I mean, that's also goes back to hire slowly, fire quickly. Yeah. Like that's what, right. You know, what, what are the. How do you do that? How do you do it? You know, yeah. Like how, how are we hiring slow? Right. And what does it mean to fire quickly? Yeah. So it's not like a. All right, we we uh, we understand. I, the last the last person we hired, we did on a contract, and um, part of it was because of the nature of the role that this individual is going to be in. But mm -hmm. I I thought it was kind of kind of unique way for us to approach this one because it was like. Hey, right now we have this contract that's one year and we're hiring this individual on a one-year contract. So like show me show me why after this year if this client doesn't renew, why you should continue to be a part of our team. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean that's that's like a long short, but I mean to what we're speaking about, it's at what point does hire does does hire slow fire quickly like what's quickly yeah it's quickly 30 days 90 days a year yeah, yeah. What, at what point do we establish the criteria in which we say like okay this individual maybe is not a great fit for who we are or what we're trying to do or yeah 
Because, you know, that Simon Sinek says there's no such thing as bad employees, just bad managers. <clears throat> I believe that at a nine mm-hmm. out of 10. Right. Because we all know, like, there are guys who have a nice resume or can say all the right things or can give lip service and can get in the door. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, and, and I've had this, I've had this happen recently where I, I had had to say to an individual, like, hey, man, I can equip, I can train, I can educate, I can uh, guide, I can instruct, I can block, I can pl- tackle, I can protect, uh, I can give you resources, but I can't make you want to do this job. You know, that's that yeah. part's not on me. Yeah. And like <clears throat> my philosophy from a from a manager leader is uh, management. Um, of elimination of excuses. So like one of the things I set out for when I was director of operations and then VP of operations, I said, I want to, I want to be able to answer these questions. What is your job? Like a job description, clarity. What is expected of you? Uh, what are the processes in which you, you, you need to do your job? What are the tools that you do your job? How am I looked at? How am I measured? How am I performed? What happens if I don't do these things? Yeah. You know, so there's like seven or eight questions that I want to have answered. And then it's like, sky's the limit, man. I want to get out of your way. Mm-hmm. Like while they report to me, I say I work for them. I want to work for you so that you can go serve the client really, really well. I want to get out of your way. But I want to make sure that you have everything you need. But yeah. like... It's up to you. Like, after I've answered all these questions, like, it's up to you to thrive or shit the bed. And especially when, for our organization, where we start with the core values, it's like, here's who we are, here's who we want to be and become, and this is the culture that we're trying to build. And um, it's not for everybody, and that's okay. If it's not for you, that's okay. That's okay. But like those things, like when you live within proximity and the core values are actually something that you, um, is infused into the everyday language of -hmm. your organization, it starts to sift out and, you know, Mm -hmm. weed a thinner road for the people who like, you know, come through as, as folks who, who want to be a part of that or folks who don't want to be part of that. And if they don't, that's okay. That it's okay. It's like, this is what we're doing. It doesn't mean you have to change who you are or it helps if our company's core values, which is things we value at our core, align with the core values of who you are as an individual. But if they don't, let's be honest about that. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say as a mentor per se, but you know, this guy was an older individual in my life who, who had said, uh, we can't move forward from where we're not, so let's be honest with where we are and move forward from there. That's a big deal because we, we like to think we're somewhere we're not, but like when we're honest with where we actually are, we can move forward from there. I can work with that. I can work with where we are today, mm-hmm. as, whether that's an individual, as a team, as a department, or a company. Let's be honest with where we are, and we can move forward from there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that's important. I love how you're so intentional <clears throat> about these, again, these questions, interviewing, uh, project managing a hire. You, you know, you're talking about objectives and all that. And, and it's surprising to me how little of this gets, again, gets written down. 
and yeah. execute on. This is very intuitive stuff. None of this is rocket science. No, it's not right. It's all, it's all, it's all at our, it's all within our grasp. I, mm-hmm. Here's the deal, dude. The majority of our waking hours are spent at work, working. So what I say to these, my guys, my team, I say like, we might as well love doing what we're doing and who we're doing it with and who we're doing it for. The majority of our waking hours are are spent doing this thing. It'd be a sh- it'd be a shame to spend the waking hours doing something you hate doing. Right. So let's. Right. And I said, hey, I got a confession to make. Like all this stuff I'm saying to my team, I actually believe it. And I actually am trying to build the thing that I want to be a part of as well, because I also have to wake up and drive into work and feed my family and spend my hours doing this. So I want to be a part of the thing I'm saying I want to be a part of. It's not yeah. some ploy. It's not some some trick. Um, but we spend the majority of our waking hours doing this thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be a shame to hear my guys just come in, punch a clock, do some things. They go home, they eat dinner, they do whatever they do. They watch Netflix, they, you know, go to bed and they come home, do it again. I don't, I, that, that'd break my heart. So it's like, you know, especially in the IT industry that gets like kind of a bad rap or like a stereotypical, like, ah, it's IT. It's like, we're in the service industry. Mm -hmm. So like, we have an opportunity to be able to demonstrate how we do business differently on the other end of the phone. Like, Mark, how, how often are you calling your internet provider and telling them that your internet's working awesome? <laughs> never, oh, I never, right? Never. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Hey, uh, my internet's great today. I just want to tell you. <laughs> never, right? Right. So, like, the people, especially our help desk guys who are receiving phone calls, there's an individual on the other end of the phone. Yeah. They're probably stressed out. They're probably pissed off. Right. Something's going bad, right? That's why they're calling. So that person on the other end of the phone, it's like, they're having a bad day, maybe. Uh, their dad just died, or their mm-hmm. kid just went away to college, or their dog's sick, or uh, who right. knows? They're going through a divorce. And they just want to look good for their boss. And the thing that they're limited by right now is keeping them from doing their job, and they have a need, and we have a skill. Can you, just for a few minutes, just be present mm-hmm. and be a normal human being and relate to the person on the other end of the phone and uh, and 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 help them with the thing that you're a guru in, you know. And if we get our and that's 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 language I'm constantly trying to instill into our people. We got a care package yesterday from a gal who sent like I don't know thirty different kinds of treats, and she wrote a handwritten letter that said, "You guys helped me be able to print four by six labels." That's great. I said, you guys. That's so awesome. I said, never underestimate. Never underestimate. Like, this might be a laughable mm-hmm. task mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. It might be something that you're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. It's so easy. Like, yeah. we don't even do it. Yeah. I was like, but like, whatever her job is, yeah. you guys allowed her to be able to print on four by six labels. Yeah. And she not only thought it was so cool, she took the time and carved out of her day to write you a letter handwritten and put together 15 or 20 different treats including i'm going to say this not only were they all prepackaged treats that their company supplies that's what they do but she had like a ziploc bag 
that she put special treats in and hand wrote like chocolate almonds. No way. And I was like, dude, that's the cutest <laughs> one. That that right there is the, like all those prepackaged ones are cool, but this one's the cutest. Yeah, one. it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. That's really cool. And she sent it, and I'm like, man, that's the stuff. And we've yeah. been having the. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, it's been really fun mm. to see the fruit of our team. Like a, yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of victory to be able to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's important to stop and smell the roses. Mark, you told me when I was raising my kids, and I've actually used this with my team. You said we're not growing radishes; we're growing trees. Mm-hmm. And I say that mm-hmm. like that's language at TTX. Just so you know, you mm-hmm. said that to me as a young man. I'm 43 now. You said that to me when I was 26 and having mm-hmm. having kids. Oh. You said we're not growing radishes they don't just pop up overnight we're growing trees here so it takes a long time yeah and changing a culture takes a long time yeah uh it doesn't happen overnight that's right a lot of the stuff we're doing doesn't happen overnight a lot of it is uh it's the slow it's the slow play it's the long mm-hmm. game so tell me um well and thanks for the reminding me of that i mean yeah man radishes are a 30-day deal man it's, yeah. it's really fun in a gardening sense because you plant them and up they, they come up. their first thing yeah. you get and yep. it's really fun um tell me about your core values yeah okay well first off people focused and our core values have um three sub sub points to them so the cool the cool thing about this one in particular is that it starts with U plus TTX equals happy, healthy. Now, I don't know. I wasn't a part of this when they when you guys created You were. I you was. Were a part of this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So when they were created, so U plus yeah. TTX equals happy, healthy, then yeah. it's camaraderie, and then it's client in the room. Yeah. I think the unique thing about this one in particular is, A, it's our first core value, but also it starts with you. It starts with a healthy you, Right. And then it goes to team and then it goes to client, which I think is fascinating because like there are old school organizations that will like say yes to the client at the expense of themselves or at the expense of the people next to them. Mm-hmm. And so right. this one, I don't know if this was on purpose. I hope mm-hmm. it was. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. But it starts with a U. And that's something I say to my team. I said to Brandon downstairs, I said, uh, you know, like if we're not becoming better men, better fathers, better husbands. We got to take a look at ourselves. Let's look around because it's like, yeah, we're doing a job, but like, if you're not, if it doesn't start with a healthy individual, because a healthy individual who's taking care of themselves can come and they're feeling good. And then they're having, you know, like I think Gallup says that you're like 86% more engaged. If you have like a friend at work, you're, you're busting balls with the guy next to you. And all of a sudden the phone rings and you're like, Hey, how's it going? Like you just get done talking to your buddy and then you can answer the phone. And that's, that's, that, that pours out, that mm-hmm. pours over. Um, mm-hmm. Philo uh, first in last out. Um, the, the, the sub points of that on the outcome um, character and trust, which is, which is one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it is like the lifeblood of everything that we do. And then self-motivated. Are, are we looking for self-motivated people? Now, I will say this, and this is something that Brandon has said. It's like, this is not a checklist that we're trying to like check off these core values. There's something that we try to live within proximity of, right? Um, third one, elite. And then the sub points are ace in your lane. 
um, give me the ball and aim higher. The fun thing about like the sub bullet points are, <clears throat> and this is something I instilled into my kids. When it's easy, it's easy in, in American society to like say, Hey, nice haircut ass wipe, you know, like they'd like bust balls to guys. It's harder to say like, Shane, I saw the way that you handled that client. I mean, do more of that. Like that was awesome. Like that's something only you do. You should do more of that. Like the way that you were able to organize that and like calm her down, like calm, I call it calm the gold out. Um, and I say, Hey, recognize that when your brother does that thing, say like, that was kindness. Mm -hmm. Let's do more of that. Yeah. Let's, let's look for more of that. And so it's like, you know, this is all language that we're for the last two or three years that we're trying to instill into our people. Um, all about the flag. So fourth one. So I've got your back. I as we and stewards of the brand. And there are some dudes who are carrying our flag that you're like, you know who those folks are, right? So like as a leader or manager, you want to look at the folks who maybe aren't carrying the flag and you're like, man, those guys are out there carrying the flag. Like they are I as we, like that was I as we. And so like what's happening lately in our culture is guys are starting to praise one another. In fact, last Friday, there was, you know, at the end of the day, there was a glory fest happening in operations. Wow. On the, uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of victory. There's a lot, a pretty, a, a lot of um, pretty high-end installations that happen from the project side. And so these dudes were just glory throwing all over the place to their team members and this guy was calling out this guy and this guy's like no well don't underestimate yourself you know and there's all this cool stuff happening and it engaged the entire team at the last hour of the day on friday that's great that's i as we that's like hey man i got your back you were there with me we were against all odds like the timeline was against us. There were constraints that were outside of our control. You rose to the occasion. You didn't bitch about it. You came, you showed up, you helped me out. I have your back. Like that, that's when we start seeing this stuff being lived out. And the last one is eyes wide open. So innovative problem solver. Okay. Self-aware and active learning. Self-aware is the, the, an interesting one because innovative problem solving is like, okay, are we wondering on the client's behalf? Are we trying to provide them an experience worth remembering? Are we thinking like not just a problem that we're like, uh, well, like let's, let's, let's turn it on its head. Let's get other people involved. Like what's another way we can think about this? What might they need? And project managers are good about thinking about that stuff about the full way around. Um, but that's something we're trying to deploy and instill in our people too. What's the like, third one? So eyes wide open. So it's an innovative problem solver. Self-aware. Self and what's and the third one? Active learning. Hmm. So that's a big deal. So that's where, you know, something I had heard from our folks is professional development. What are some other areas that we're trying to learn? And that's where Jody came in key for operations is last year, 2020, we developed um, tailored uh, development syllabuses mm. for each of the individuals. That's great. And so there were five domains I wanted to hit 
Um, some of them might be core value. Some of them might be business 101. It might be the tools that we use. Some of them might be the, the products that we sell or their specific role, like certifications and things of that nature. Mm. There was, um, I think we had like five or six books mm. that we were like, and, and, and this was year one. That was last year. So it was year one. So it's like, all right, well, let's try these courses. Let's try these things. And we tried to give each individual a syllabus that they had to, that they had to execute on by the end of the year. Um, and there were different classes or courses or things of that nature, uh, opportunities for them to serve mm-hmm. or overlap within those five domains. Um, just because, like, they asked for it. It's one of our core values. We say we're active learners. Let's be active learners. Yeah. What are you learning? What are you paying attention to? Are you hungry? And that's a muscle, man. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not something people think like they have permission as an engineer. They might not think they have permission to think about or do, Yeah. but some people have it. Some people don't. Some people mm-hmm. need trained in it. Some people need a, you know, a little pat in the butt Yeah, yeah. or, 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 or fed. Like, Hey, yeah. here's a bowl of porridge. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's eat it. Yeah. And then um, there's some that may resist it yeah well and that's and that's the coaching side that's right? the coaching side yeah Pat on the back or a kick in the rear yeah like, come on that's come right on, let's go yeah or great job you did it yeah you know for me the reading you know talking about reading business books and 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 that kind of learning that has been something i've really had to uh develop that muscle you know it's not something i, I i've appreciated it i it's it's a no-brainer like dude you should be really ingesting all this stuff but i don't it's not like a good time to me it's not what i would I would rather be reading Dune or Lord of the so Rings. This stuff, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's hard for you. Oh yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to really, I have to really buckle down and and be disciplined to do it. It pushes on a part of me that is, um, just I got to gut through it. What drives you to do it? It's good for me. It's good for my and clients. You know that? And yeah, it's a huge part of. It's at the core of my kind of strategic flywheel. Okay. <clears throat> Which, you know, is what well, the center of my strategic flywheel is mastery of facilitating, coaching, yeah. teaching tools and processes yep. around those things. Yep, 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 yep. So I have to be constantly mastering these things. Yeah. And mastery is not familiarity. Yeah. You know, mastery is not just kind of like, yeah, I heard about that thing. You know, the, it's, 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 a, it's a much higher level. And, in order to be a pro in this space, dude, you got to be practicing. Yeah. You know, and um, and it's, I think, you know, one of the things I love to say to my client leaders is, hey, dude, act your wage. Act your wage. Yeah. Like, so if you're on a leadership team, yeah. you, you better come to the table with some answers. Yeah. Come to the yeah. table with some ideas. Uh. Like, we're paying you yeah. to lead this company. Right, right, right. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Well... <laughs> Who hired you? That guy. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Right. And I'm, I'm throwing him under the bus here a little bit, but but that's pretty common where folks get comfortable with their paycheck and they get comfortable with their schedule and they get comfortable with their parking spot. And it's just kind of their day job and it's a career path. And even in the small business, you know, even in the entrepreneurial kind of small business, 50 employees, whatever, it can get to be very you know, plodding along, just doing what we did yesterday. We're going to do that tomorrow too. And it's like, no, we need, we need, we need folks to get out there and figure it out and do something about it and, and get better. Like keep mastering your 
leadership skills, you know? So as a, as a leader, as a leadership team member, you know, you own leading people, managing people, holding people accountable. We got to get good at it. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's surprising how, how many members of leadership teams are there for other reasons than they're good at it. Yeah. You don't arrive. Yeah. Never. You got to keep, that's what mastery is, right? Keep, yeah. you can keep climbing, keep going. Yeah, there's actually, you know, there's a lot of Daniel Pink stuff like yeah. in this book here. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. reminding me of the Daniel Pink yeah. stuff. The drive. Drive, yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, it is a good one. Well, I, I love the core values. Um, and I, you know, you've been, you were talking about them, so I want to get you to rattle them off. And I've had uh, Brandon rattle them off a couple times um, on this podcast. But uh, these are some of the best ones. I had so much fun helping that the group. Team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah develop those yeah and you did you did the define the opposite mm-hmm. and you also yep. did like hey uh list the attributes of the folks mm-hmm. that are some of your best people yeah hearing well, that on the back end dude yeah. yeah i'd like to think that when i was a pm i was a part of that yeah you're on the you know what i mean you were yeah you were definitely like, i'd were. like to think like hey i contributed towards some of these things sure because dude i I don't have a secret sauce as right. a VP of ops. Like I love people, all the stuff I had said already in the last hour or whatever. Like I believe all that stuff. Like there's no secret mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trick or whatever. Um, I grind. Like I take pride in like, yeah. no one's going to outwork me. Yeah. Like I want to learn as much as I can learn and like equip my people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that, you know, there's, some real beauty in that and there's some there's some stuff that like you know i can i I should reassess like i've been down and in for a long time like Mm -hmm. trying to like underground trying to fix some of the foundational things to answer those questions for my folks um yeah to try to be able to instill all that stuff for them but like i believe that man i work for them i work for them so they can go work for the client and like provide them a, a really really cool experience and I'm never satisfied, which is like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, keeps going. Yeah, it does. Well, going back to strategy, you know, the question of, hey, what are we in the business of? You know, what is it that we do? Yeah. You know, what's our – we're in a category of one in what way? You know, what is it that we uh, provide? And, you know, uh, Danny Meyer, uh, the restaurant, famous restaurateur, spell that. <laughs> Restaurateur. Uh, I had to look that up twice. Rest, restaurateur? Restaurateur. I don't think there's an N there. Maybe there's an N in there. What's it mean? A guy who owns restaurants. That's what it means? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Restaurateur? Yeah. Is a guy yeah. who owns multiple yeah. restaurants. Sh- like Shane, two or yeah. more? Yeah, Shane. Well, I, just, I don't know if it's two or more. I don't know if there's a volume component. But uh, so he, uh, Shake Shack and a bunch of others, yeah. uh, Gramercy. Yeah, yeah, A famous guy. Uh, really, really, uh, really uh, kind of the top of the class. Uh, he said this many times. He's really good at, and cult, that book, Culture Code, really good yep. at uh, kind of shows. They interview him a bunch. Shows how he takes his culture and gets it into his peeps. Um, but he said this in his book, uh, Setting the Table. Um, life and business is all about how we make people feel. It's that simple and it's that difficult. You know, and and so when you say, all right, we're in the business of making people feel what? 
Say that again real quick. Life and business is all about how we make people feel. Yeah. It's that difficult and it's that easy and or it's that simple and it's that difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're talking about the your your call center folks and yeah. getting the getting the, the, the care package. You know, you you made that woman's day. Yeah, isn't that cool? Right? And you, you you made her a hero. Yeah. Right. And um not me. Well my guys your did. guys. Yeah, my yeah. guys did. Yeah. 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 And so uh, saying, all right, we're in the business of making people feel what? Yeah. You know, like fill yeah, in the blank, seen. right? Yeah, yeah feel, feel seen, feel heard. Feel like yep, we'll be, yep. we're going to disappear if yep. we're working right. You know, we disappear. You know, we're, nobody's calling us if, if it's working right, that sort of thing. Um, hmm. And a lot of times at the center of this kind of flywheel, like a business that you're a part of, what's well, at the core is our culture. Yeah. So we say, all right, when we invest in our culture, when we, we get great people here, how are we going to get great people here? Well, we've got to have a world-class culture. Yeah. And world-class culture attracts world-class peeps, That's right. you know, and and it repels people that are posers and it repels people that are uh, no bueno. We you hope know, so. so. You know, yeah. Yeah, we hope so. And also uh, getting into like, well, saying, well, we, we and we develop them. Yeah. So we have a long... You know, again, going back to growing trees. Yeah, we we this isn't about hiring; it's about developing. developing. It's about bringing somebody in yeah. green. Yep, and kicking them, kicking around—not kicking them around, but kicking around with them for two, three, four years. That's not cookie cutter. No, that's not cookie cutter. And it takes it takes a lot. And you know, look at the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. the you know, Oakland They're A's, incredible. right? They've yeah. they that's their developing, training, yeah, recruiting, right. developing. Yep. I had a really interesting kind of firsthand experience with some of that. Uh, I've got a buddy, Dylan Covey, who pitches for the, uh, I think he's with the Phillies now. Okay. But I was able to go to spring training last winter and hang out with him some when he's with the Dodgers. That's sweet. And he's, I don't know, 32. I babysat him a little bit when he was like two or three. For real? Yeah. Yeah. uh, My son's age, my oldest. And uh, I'm good friends with his parents from LA. And uh, he got into the Dodgers organization and he was in the, the White Sox organization for a while. And it was this night and day comparison to how they treat their people as they're coming into spring training and now how they develop them. And the Dodgers are super intentional about personalizing their development of each of these people. You know, and so he showed up, he's telling me, you know, we're standing around and what's his name? Like Kershaw. It's standing. Yeah, I don't know. Clayton Kershaw. I, I'm not a like. I'm not up on all that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm standing there talking to Dylan and this other guy. <laughs> He's a tier one pitcher. Yeah, world yeah, class, yeah, right? And yeah. you know, just chit chatting, and you know, and uh, Dylan's dad's like, dude, that's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm not. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been a, you're like, it's been right, a decade cool. or two since yeah, I've been. Sure. You know. uh current with baseball you know i'm like cc sabathia you know yeah, stuff sure. like that 90s indians um tommy and whoever but uh so anyway t- uh dylan covey shows up at spring training and he walks in and he was with the white Sox. so when he walked in with the white Sox, uh they like pizza and chicken and jojo's for everybody um and they kind of don't care about you and they you know use you and abuse you and you could tell from the front office that that's the way they do it he could tell uh, because he figured that's how the Dodgers were. So he showed up at the Dodgers. That was his experience. So he yeah. just applied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and the and they're like, hey, we've got this whole personalized diet for you. Yeah. 
and a personalized workout plan. Wow. And and there's all this great food and we need you to eat this and this and this and that because we've been thinking about your arm and we're thinking about your stamina. We've been thinking about your whatever. Your mental and, health. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's crazy. Totally invested in finding the diamonds in the rough. Not like, cool. That's their strategy. Yeah. And then they go play baseball. Yeah. You know? So if you say, well, we're a baseball team. No, actually we're recruiting. We're a training. We're a development organization. We're not, and, and we find people and they play baseball, you know? So as, as a business of this size, 50, 20, 30, a hundred employees, whatever, the principals have moved past doing the work of the business. And now what they do is they find, recruit, train, manage, lead people. They're in this people business. Yeah. And the people do the other stuff. That's right. Right. And, and they haven't got the memo often that that's what's shifted. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah, and that's part of my job is to kind of slap them around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, wake up. Get them to see that and then get them to create macro processes. Or around. go do something else. Yeah, that's right. Get the hell out of the way. That's right, yep. Yeah, like we're we're part of something pretty special. Yes, you like are. We want to be a part of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so like we're going to protect that thing and I want to be a part of a group of people that I like being being with. Yeah, right? that's right. That's awesome. So it's like, hey, like I'm going to be with these people for a long time. Like these people, we, we want to be selective in the way that we yeah. bring them in. Uh, but everyone's different, man. And like, you know, coming at it with an open stance, because we're not going to get it right all the time. Yeah. And being honest with that and what that means. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's like any relationship. But that's that's the key right there is relationship. Yeah. Relationship. 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 Yeah, and you think about well, it's money, it's sales, it's yeah. margin. Like, no, that's the it's that's all, something yeah, else. Part of that's it. showing yeah, if it's so working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Love that. It's one of the reasons I love your boss. Yeah, by man. The way. He's he's, he's great. a gem. Yes, he is. He's one a of gem. A he's one of a kind. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Brandon Kenny, CEO, yeah. TTX. So big shout out, <laughs> no BK, and we call him BK Brewer. So this concludes part two of our interview with Joshua Petrosini. Please join us in episode 052 for part three. Thanks again for watching and listening to the Business Broken Smoking Podcast. And make sure to click subscribe.